Hey everybody, this is the Grace Mott Podcast, episode 14. This is Apostle John Luke, and I'm here with... Apostle Duke! Okay, Apostle Duke, let's let's start off with the song. Let's just get it going. Okay. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Okay, nice. Woo. All right. Today, we have yes. some topics for you. Exciting, life-changing topics. Yes. Apostle Duke's topics are the relationship oh. between Greek, the Roman mythology, and the book of Job. What does it mean to, quote, love Jesus, end quote? And when a Christian says, I want to see Jesus in heaven, do I understand what I am saying? And Apostle John Luke's topics are embrace the pain. Yeah, okay. Number two, who said marriage and romantic slash sexual relationships were any of the church's business anyway? Who made them the boss of my heart and my penis? <laughs> and number three is a story about a former soldier who was sure he was going to hell as yeah. I was taking care of him. Have I talked about that one before? No. Doesn't sound familiar? Okay. No. All right, then. Yeah, Let's... those are like, I'm like, wow. Okay, you go first. Okay. I'll, I'll tell the story about the former soldier. Okay, yeah. This was, I was an intern. Yeah. And uh, I was on the, working the house that night, so I ran all the codes, meaning if somebody okay. needed to be resuscitated, yeah. I ran right. up there, and I was the doctor in charge. So I went to this patient's room, and he was about a 72-year-old man who had a really high heart rate and a low blood pressure. He was in a, he was having tachycardia. Is what and was. how old was he? 72. Pretty young still. Yeah, but his heart rate was 100. 80, let's say. It should have been. Oh, gosh. Should have been. Oh, gosh. 80. And yeah. uh, it, it had made his heart beat inefficient, so his pressure was down like 70 over 30. Oh, gosh. Which okay. gives one the sense that one is going to die. Oh, yeah. When your yeah. blood pressure's low. Yeah. It's scary. Like you're going to yes. faint, but you also feel yeah. like you're going to die. So, okay. And he was crying. I said, Hey, sir, we're going to take care of you. We're going to get you better. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to die, and I know I'm going to hell. I go, no, nah, you're, you're not going to hell. You're not going to die. We're going to make sure you don't die tonight. And he goes, but I said, you, what? I, he said, I am going to hell because I've killed people. I go, oh, you haven't killed people, surely. And he goes, I, I did. I killed a lot of them. I was, I was in the Army, and I shot people, and I killed them. And I'm going to hell for that. And I'm like, you're not going to hell because you're not going to die. So anyway, we... We brought him back, got his heart rate under control, and he was fine. But I thought how pitiful that was. This man, this, you know, this would have been 1986, and World War II ended in 1945. So oh, wow. 40 years, that man has thought, I'm going to hell. Yeah. And, and uh, since then, I'm sure he's died, so he probably did go to hell. But anyway, that's yeah, that's another right. story. No, 
he was a good guy too. I visited with him some afterwards. He was a good yeah. dude. He was he was trying to live a good life, but yeah. he was just sure he was going to hell for killing people in war. So I'll That's, just tell that story, and then you tell me what you think about that. Well, it's just so, um, I don't know, it's so sad, right? And yeah. it's and it's and it's just it's it's just another reason that I I'm I'm interested in being part of this podcast. It's just how it's just so sad. And and the thing is, I I'm probably going to do something similar. I mean, if if I know if I get if I get t-boned in a car and I'm gone and be like, okay, I'm gone. But if I have that time to like think about it. I mean, I spent 60 years, you know, in a church every Sunday knowing that the sinners go to hell and 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 I'm not you know, it's it's almost like it's so ingrained in me. I want to think it's gone, but it's still there, I think, you know. If I if they say you're going to die in 2 weeks, that's that would be like that would be so hard, and so I, I and then and then the other thing I think about that guy is like, I don't know the guy, only what you're telling me, only what you're telling the story. But then I think, why would why would a God of the universe send someone to hell and just burn forever? You know, just you know, ten thousand years from there, they're still down there, just screaming their heads off because they're in such. It just doesn't make sense. It just. It almost seems absurd in some ways, but it's in me. It's in me, you know. It's like it's like the virus, right? It's like the it's like the it's like the program, right? You know, they programmed that virus in my head, and it's in there. Right. It's so like herpes, that, man. It never goes away. It is, it, and yeah. it's like it, it's there, and I, and I can hide it, and I can keep it down, and I can laugh about it. But there's some moments, if I'm not on my toes, and that it it comes up, and it it bugs me, and I'm trying to. That's part of this journey, right? Is like so. I'm stepping out, and if it's if I'm wrong, then. I screwed up big, <laughs> but I don't think I am. I just like I don't know. It's scary, man. So I'm not. I'm not scared. I I'm so certain that that's not the case that I don't ever think what you think. I yeah. don't ever think that. Oh yeah, there is a hell. I might go there. There, there is not a hell, in in my book. I'm certain of it. Yeah. And I don't worry about it because it just makes no sense. That's you know the grace model. Yeah. Yeah. Tenet that if it makes no sense to you, you don't have to believe it. Well, it makes no right. sense to me. Just like you're saying, it makes no sense that a God that... You know, yesterday, I was looking at pictures from the James Webb telescope with all, oh, those, yeah. you know, all those galaxies that can be seen yeah. out there. They're like <laughs> hundreds or thousands of galaxies in every frame. Uh, yeah. No, no matter which direction it's pointing. And, and there are worlds out there that are inhabited by beings much different than us, I'm sure, but there, there's got to be intelligent life out there. And it makes no sense that a God that created all that is sending all the people, the people or other beings to hell yeah, to, to live out eternity being burned in a fiery furnace. That's just crap. 
Yeah, and I and I I'm gonna take it one step further and get and kind of get in your sandbox a little bit, maybe. We'll cover it up but, when you're done. Okay, I'll cover it up when I'm done. I'm, but I'm getting I'm gonna get in there and mess it up a little bit, I think. But I heard someone say just on the same lines that, that you were saying was when you think about the universe, right? And the the billions are galaxies out there and we're in the Milky Way, right? And we're this just little speck in in this one galaxy out of tens of millions, billions, I don't even know the number. And we have it in our head that the God who created all that is is focused in on us and and somehow we're the center of the universe or something. That that the God of the universe and he cares about me every day, and he he watches over, and he knows the number of head hairs I have on my head. I heard someone say that thought is just absurd. If you think about it, you think about how big the universe is, and the guy he he I would be insulted. Here's how I think about it: I would be insulted if the God of the universe had any conscious energy turned my way at all. I would be like, really? I mean, I, I totally lost my respect for you. The God of this universe doesn't have time to think about me. That's just, it's its its so presumptuous and I don't know. Anyway, I just want, I want him to think about me. I want him to think about my life and everything I do. And if I don't get the job, there's some reason behind it. But then when I think about it, like you said, you look out into the stars and think how big this is and think the God who created all that is like obsessed with my life or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I have to say. Hard to grasp. It how is. About, how about your okay. uh, next question, the relationship okay. between Greek okay. and Roman mythology and the book of Job? You've done some serious thinking on this, apparently. Oh, I have. And so I got this book. It's it's more of a picture book. Yeah. It's like big pictures and Oh yeah. But it's so I went out with her before. Yeah, with her with this guy. This is uh birth Venus. This is yeah. Venus. Here. I went out with Venus. She was yeah. hot, let me tell you. Oh, hey, and the other thing about all this what? is these stories are very, very detailed. I knew like Mars and Venus we're out there. But I mean, in these stories they're telling, I mean, they got in a fight and then they had a baby and then the baby fell and it broke his leg. And then out of his leg came uh, the sun. And I mean, there's this, this whole net of, of stories that yeah. it's like, I just knew kind of the super, super high level. But, but anyway, okay. So here's my point, not to belabor the time. So I read this sentence in this book and it's, Here's what it said that just, and I had to mark it, it said, however, this does not illustrate a philosophy. This does through all of Roman mythology. Essentially, the power or capability to take an action makes it acceptable to do so. This may reflect the internal politics of our Rome, where power was far more important than benevolence. So, and so... I remember we were in our Sunday school class, the book of Job, where he had like a bet with a devil. And so he just wipes this guy's family out, wipes his, kills his wife, kills his children. And in our Sunday school class, you know, it's like, but then God resurrected and 
gave him more family members. And it was like this guy was a pawn. And I think I see some of that attitude going into the book of Job because he's just not like Jesus. The God of Job is not like Jesus who cares about your every care and cries when you cry and wants to be there and hold your hand and he loves you and he's this this god was like and it's and and i get in job in job there's no like question like why would god do this it's like god can so he did that's and that makes it right i mean it's just anyway i saw that parallel because i've always been a little puzzled by job like why was he so heartless but anyway, I, I, so my point is, my point, the punchline is, I think a lot of times many of these Greek and Roman mythologies, they, they were, you know, manipulated and customized and handed to us in, in, in Christianity. There's just a lot of parallels between these myths that I'm beginning to see between, you know, how they kind of took a little of this and a little of that. You know, like deities, they died and rose again, um, on and on. So I thought that was, I, I kind of had that like, oh my gosh, I see it. I think that's why Job seems so out of place in the Old Testament, in the Bible. is He just seems so, anyway, so that's my topic. We both had one topic. Well, uh, what my comment on that topic is I absolutely agree that that's not the kind of God I want, for sure. And he, yeah. it seems much more like the Greek gods, uh, you know, whereas the humans were just peasants that didn't really count. But once Jesus yeah. came along, he uh, he did care about us. Yeah. Because he was one of us. Yeah. I read this, and I see the thing of Job, and I, I call BS. I'm like, okay, I'm calling BS. That didn't really happen? No. It's like that is not the same God. Jesus and this God are not the same. They're just not. There's just, there's no, there's no way. And I know in Sunday school we try to like do the apologetics and yeah, he's he's the same God. This God loves and cares and see, he gave all his family back and and it's like it's consistent. And I'm like, it's BS. No, this is not the same God that. I don't know. I wonder. Do you think Jesus came and kind of changed? By design, he changed the the plan, and and so it still makes there's still some validity to this this religion. Or well, I think following Jesus is totally different than being a Jew before Jesus. They're two they're two totally different religions, as far as I can tell. the The, the thing uh, about Job is Job is just another story they told to illustrate a point. I'm not. Yeah. For sure what the point is that God is all powerful and if you live a super good righteous life he will reward you but he might punish the crap out of you before rewarding you. I don't, I don't I'm not sure yeah. what the moral of that story is. But yeah. it's, but it's just a story. I don't believe Yeah, it. well one thing that I've always been told and I think it's understood is Job was the first book ever written. Even before like Genesis and stuff, Job was written, and that's why I do kind of see that parallel. Oh, maybe that was, maybe that's why. If you look at it through that attitude of like he's God, he can he can squash you, and he doesn't have to explain anything to anybody. <laughs> you know, 
And that's the God we like. That's the one we respect. And so, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Okay. I'm going to do my next topic. My next yeah, topic okay. is who said marriage and romantic or sexual relationships were the church's business anyway? Who made them the boss of my heart and my personal parts and what I want to do with them? Uh, that I think they just interjected themselves into that a long time ago because it's another way to gain control and power over people. As far as I'm concerned, it's none of the business, none of the church's business what my personal relationships are romantically or sexually. It's just not their business. So like we talked the last time about whether or not the the queer folk are loved by Jesus or whatever or not. I think it's none of the church's business who somebody has a relationship with, really, if they're not committing crimes. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I think. And, well, and how they ever got so involved in it so that weddings take place in churches and all that, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I disagree a little bit. And, and the reason I disagree is because it's something you taught me. And what you, you taught, yeah, okay, it, it it's something. And see, sometimes when you make those comments in Sunday school class, I I do think, why is he saying that? I just, if I know you well enough, there's some there's some reason you said that. And if, but anyway, so one day you said, this was the same thing a doctor would tell you to do. You know, when we went through the Old Testament law, right? Don't eat this, bathe once a week. And, and your comment was, that's the same thing a doctor would tell you. In other words, the way I took it was, today we say that a doctor, nine out of ten doctors recommend you do da-da-da-da, and we all get it, right? It means, okay, that's, that's good, that's healthy. I want to be whatever, brush my teeth or whatever it is. So in that day, they said, because, and you even brought this up too, is like if you're screwing around and you're spreading disease and you got... Uh, you know, illegitimate kids running everywhere and, and, and people aren't staying together. There's someone said way back in the day that running around and stuff is, we, we see the, and you even said you can, some people lose their mind or whatever and when they get certain kind of diseases. And so I, I just wonder if that's how that, it was, it was health. It was trying to, make their communities as healthy as can be because they saw what happened if you don't wash yourself, if you're having sex during your menstrual periods, or I don't know, maybe that's not wrong. I think that was one of the deals. But that's what I think is how that started. I mean... Well, I know and how they, it started. It's it's a way they could control people, but I, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's necessarily their business. I still think that the things they recommend, like being monogamous, are are uh, healthier. But, yeah, uh, that still doesn't mean it's their business to dictate the rules to people. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to add one thing, and I've been curious about this. 
I went, so one time I went to a Buddhist and I was going to learn meditation. They had these meditation classes. Yeah. And in fact, it's called uh, uh, Buddha Mind and it's out, it's out in Midwest City. Anyway, so they, they let you come in and tour and they ask us questions and, and, and then we do the little deal. But none of them are married, man. They won't marry. They won't. And, and so here's, I think there, there must be something to this. There must be something about the sexual desire that in some way interferes with spiritual journeys. And you see this all over the world. You see it in the East. You see it with Buddhas. You see it with Catholics. Somewhere, I know it sounds weird, but if so many people do it, there must be something which takes me down to another theory I kind of have. And I know we have, but okay, so here's my theory. And you're a scientist and a physician. I was thinking the other day, it's almost like our brains and our bodies don't fit. Because our brain says exercise, our body says lay in bed. Our brain says don't get with that girl. Our body says get with her as soon as you can get over and get your pants on the ground. Right. Our body wants to eat too much. Our mind says no. It's almost like, and so I even see it in maybe in the spiritual world, maybe in our minds, when we want to like utilize our minds and try to don't let your innate, God knows why. Well, I know why I put it in there. So we, our species which would continue, right? That urge. Sure. Oh, 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 oh. And that was good and that served us well for a long, long time. So anyway, I'm rambling on, but I don't know. Does the church have some, maybe some, at least advice on that? Like, keep yourself sexually clean, man. Don't, I don't know. So that's my opinion. Right. But like, it's just important as important. I would say it's almost more important to have a good diet and exercise. But the church doesn't talk about that do they oh there and and the and the southern baptist preacher is 60 pounds overweight and oh you see it in our church some of our staff members are like extremely heavy right and And they're not taking yeah why is that not as important as being sexually pure you know or whatever yeah yeah, that's a good point. Cause that that's way, like, obesity is a huge, uh, not advocate, but it, it promotes all kind of health issues, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, diabetes and high blood pressure and, well, and these it, guys that. Well, it burns out your 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 knees and your joints. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. It uh, gives you heart disease and and gives you sleep apnea which can further heart disease it's 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 a whole big uh the heavier you get the more your body is not designed to carry that much weight and the more it fails yeah so, so yeah so anyway all right it's time for your next one okay so and it was what does it mean to love jesus and it was uh so see if i can connect these dots i'm still kind of exploring this thought <laughs> But so Jesus said, you know, we're in this this chapter we're in says uh, 
you know, if you love me, obey my commands. And then the disciples, this is before he's going to die. And then the disciples say, show us the father. And he seems to get a little frustrated with them. Like, you've seen me. If you see me, you've seen the father. In other words, so here's where I went to. It was when Jesus says, love me, he's not talking about himself. He's not talking about his hair and the funny way he rolls his R's when he says whatever. What he's talking about is he loving the way, right? Loving just when Jesus saw a donkey in the pit on a Sabbath and said, I know the Sabbath law says you can't work, but you're going to get your donkey out of the, out of the deal. The way he processed that and the way he came with a good decision and something that is smart and intelligent, and if you apply it to your life, it creates health and life. I think he's saying, when you love that, you know, because he says, if you want to prove you love me, obey my commands. And it's just that trying to figure it out, being a seeker and, 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 and wanting to learn from his, that's what I think he means when he says, love me. And I, and in all honesty, I think we're doing the best we can do to love him. I honestly think that if he looked down, he said, John Luke and Duke, they're like, they're out there, but they're, there's just something about that that is is good and healthy. They're, they're really trying to figure some stuff out. And I think Jesus would be more impressed with, with that kind of stuff, you know, than finding the, you know, the automatic pilot or the cruise control, like so many we know. They're just, they're going every Sunday, they're doing just enough. So there's that. That's my, and it's kind of a obscure concept. I'm still working on it, maybe. Well, I, I just, it would be so fun if we, like the videos we've talked about doing, if Jesus was really here. Yeah. And he would say, no. The first, <laughs> the actual Jesus, the person, and the lessons he sought to teach are just totally different from what the church has become, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I it, think so. You know, we're trying to get back to this is what he taught, this is the way you live your life. Yeah. Versus going through all these rituals and motions and stuff that, yeah. that the various, you know, the Catholics and the Baptists and whoever else have put into place. And the, yeah. the and the rules and you know I mean who probably the dumbest one oh, oh there are plenty of dumber ones but saying you can't <laughs> dance the Baptists yeah. used to say you couldn't dance well that was yeah. dumb yeah who says because you know, they talked about dancing in the Bible you know there was yeah nothing right wrong with it you know yeah anyway yeah so, are so you ready okay for my next one yeah. I'm looking forward to this one a little bit. Okay. It's a saying I've come up with. It's embrace the pain. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I came up with it when, as a younger man, I started having things that hurt. You know, hurt my back. Yeah. And uh, 
I got a neuropathy from taking the antibiotic. I don't know what that is. Okay, I I injured my nerves. An antibiotic I took injured my nerves. And makes them more sensitive than they should be. If I sit on a hard chair for too long, it hurts. If my elbow's down on a hard armrest too long, it starts hurting. So anyway, it's just... It's just annoying, and it's. Yeah. I've had to adapt my life to deal with it. Like I have to take a seat cushion, if I'm going yeah. anywhere. I'm sitting on oh, a hard okay. chair. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. And I've dealt with that since I was 30, and so for about the first 10 years of all this extra added pain, I was kind of depressed about it. I was like, "Is this ever going to end?" But there came a point when I just said, "Okay, this is something permanent. I'm going to hurt every day." And I'm going to let it hurt. I'm not going to try to take ibuprofen every day or narcotics or anything like that to try to make the pain go away. I'm just going to have this pain. And this pain and I are just going to become friends. We're going to say, hey, pain, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good, good, John. Look, good, good to see you again. Yeah, well, yeah. all right, we'll have a good day. All right, you too. And I just live with it then, and I became much more peaceful knowing that, this is just part of my life. This Just deal with it. Don't let it bug you. Just go on. And that's yeah. what I say is embracing the pain. And I think if a lot of people could live better lives if they would embrace the pain, whether it be mental or physical. I know you, you have done that with your mental pain. You've just embraced it and moved forward. And you yeah. probably have physical pain, too, if you're – you're about as old as I am, so I know you have physical pain every day too. Just right. embrace the pain, move on. Don't let it define who you are or how you live. Right. So, I have so many things to say about that. Um, when you when you first said that, it, something that like triggered with me. Okay, so, so I'm a runner, right? And. I've been running for years and I run several times a week, but let's say for instance, I'm going to go do eight miles and I, and I, I start, so there's something about starting and I, and if I can get a mile or two into it, I, I, re, I remember thinking we're taught to like be in the moment, right? Don't, don't try to get to Friday. Don't try to get to Friday. Cause I, I just want to get to Friday. So I just get to Friday. Try to enjoy Wednesday. Try to enjoy Tuesday. But at that, that's probably the most uncomfortable thing that I do is like getting through that initial starting to get that sweat going and that. And so I was just thinking, how do you embrace that pain, that discomfort, that like, how do I, how do I just say, you know what, this is going to lead to something good, and I'm just going to try to embrace. I've I've struggled with 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 that you know like i'm having a tough day and i just want to get out of here and get to the next thing (laughs) but i i've thought about that you know okay you're here today sucks today's really challenging but try to i don't know try to see some good in today i like it i like it i think there's a lot of wisdom in it i do think i struggle with that though you know just like the the when when things aren't super good try to just find good life in that right instead sure. of always wanting to be high i always want to be high i always 
I always want to have the same feelings when I finish a run. I'm done. It's over. I want that feeling all of my life. <laughs> I want to be there my whole life. But I can't be there. And without the pain, that, that high is not even there, right? It's just all the same stuff. But that's great. And I'm, I think about that a lot. I don't, I don't think about it the way you described it. I don't, the only thing I can think of is like, okay, I wear glasses, right? And it's not really pain, but I just, I can't see. In fact, I, it takes me about five pair of glasses to get through a day. I've got this pair for my computer. I got one for driving, one for watching TV. It's just kind of sad, but in some ways, maybe I just kind of, and you're right. If I can just go, this is who my life, and I wish I had perfect eyesight, but I don't. And so just don't freak out about it and, and let it get to you and, and take you down, you know. That makes sense. But uh, all you have to do is get your cataracts fixed. Then you can see great. Yeah. Pay the extra money for the multifocal lenses. Yeah. You know, people are yeah. getting that done now a lot with their really bad vision. They're not mm -hmm. waiting for to have cataracts. They're getting it done just... So I went and see. talked to a lady. It's six grand an eye, and they can give me the near and the far. Twelve grand, fifteen, probably, probably. You know, with all the, do you want the insurance? And you know, you can come back yeah. every six months and get touched up or whatever it is. All the salines yeah. and. But I yeah, you're right, and I have thought about that. But then there's the missing hair. I mean, what do you do about that? And the dry skin and the. Embrace the pain. <laughs> Embrace the pain because you just can't fix it all. You, I, I learned years ago, you know, you, you pull a gray hair out and you put a little lotion on it and, and you get to the point where, okay, this is going to go in forever. That's just, right. You know, trying to color my beard darker or whatever. Just embrace it's just, the it, pain. <laughs> embrace the, the journey. And yeah. here's the other part of that. And, I, and I'm, when I sell my first book, it's going to be death is not death is beautiful man it's like when you have your pain if you could see it is like i try to do is like my old age is really designed by god and it's very well thought out and well planned death is a wonderful thing for our planet i mean leaves die and and stuff dies and it's regenerated and it creates new life it's really a wonderful thing but but we've been taught that sin is of the devil and therefore it's bad and it's 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 a flaw in the design death is a flaw in the design and when you look at it that way you're i think we're always trying to push it away i don't want that death but i wonder sometimes if we could look at it as man this is a beautiful thing man i don't want to die but i i'm, I'm going to die everybody dies but then my body will go down and then it'll break down and it'll create new life and it's the grand design. Anyway, it's the grand design. Right. But but if you see it through the religious prism of it's because of sin, it's it's the devil winning in my body. If I if if I have that attitude, then I'm gonna do everything I can to to feel sorry and bad about my death or my dying. Right. I think if I could teach myself that this is this is a wonderful part of this universe and this and if I could just see it as this is a wonderful part. It's a great thing, you know? Anyway, 
there's um, that's like that's like another tenant we can add that to the tenant list right yeah Yeah. death is not to be feared it's to be avoided as long as possible yeah so you can be part of this earth because you're not going to get another chance but it's but it's not something to be feared and to you know because you don't have to worry that you're going to hell you're just going to die yeah you know and so it can be a peaceful thing when you're when you're so much when you're in so much pain that every day is just miserable. Yeah. It's time to stop embracing the pain. Yeah, yeah. And just let I, nature take its course. I don't think you should kill yourself either because that's so awful on your family. That's yes. a terrible thing to do to your family. But, right. But don't be afraid as you get old and die. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah, I agree. Well, you got one more. Okay. So, okay, my last one was, and it kind of, and I, I had to do a really, really good job on that second point to get to my third point. And I did a fair job on my second point, And that is when Jesus says, love me, you know, and it's, it, in, okay, here, I'm going to go here. In my mind, Jesus is a concept. He's not saying love me. He's, he, he's saying, I'm showing you this wonderful new thing. And I want you to love that. And when you love that, then, you know, you're basically loving me. And then they said, they said, when, show us the Father. And Jesus said, I, I, if you see me, you see the Father. I am, this is, it's it's this concept. It's this idea I'm trying to tell you about. And I, and so then I thought about all the times I thought, okay, what if I said to Jesus, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven to see Jesus. I think he might say, ah, what do you mean? You still don't get it. It's not, it's not my physical body. That's not what I want you to love. It's, I want you to love this discovery, this, this, this process of discovering. How do you do this? How do you think right? How do you think spiritually? How do you think? When you love that and you see that, you see God because God is not a person. God is God is on Pluto right now. God is on the other side of the world right now. He's not a person. He's not a human being. He's a concept. He is a power. He is a law. Just like you drop a rock and it goes down to the earth. And, and, as, we, and as we study and learn that law, be, be honest. Because if you're honest... Somewhere down the road, that will be protection. You'll you'll find protection in in treating others well. That's what that is God. That and and when you see and and understand that and begin to love that and begin to try to cultivate that in your life, as awkward as it can be, and as difficult as it is, I think that's when you say, "I know God." That's that's who God is. Is is what is this law? How does this universe work? And here's my last thing, and I came up with this this week. Because I have a different kind of idea that you do, maybe. And that is like, I'm like, okay, I'm 61. And I kind of have this idea, if the universe could speak to me right now, it would say, you're done. No offense. I'm not trying to be morbid, but your job is to have children. Your job is to protect those children. 
to create your species, but you're not doing that. And I, I don't mean to be mean, but you're kind of, there's why I, I kind of had this deal. If I, if I were woke up dead tomorrow, I'd be like, that's okay. I'm sorry. Mom's going to cry, but I just don't see the purpose of me staying unless it's all about just enjoy your life. So I came up with this is like, I guess when I think about God and I think about Jesus, I guess the best way I can worship the creator of this universe is by loving my life. And, and in loving my life, I'm, I'm trying to find the way. I'm trying to find who is God. I want to, I want to know him. I want to, and, and, and to see in my life, right? The marvelous, how do my eyes work? And how does my brain work? And how does, and when I am, and when I stand in all of that, and I try to, and I try to make that better and, and to take that concept of just let's make this good let's make this life wonderful and let's see the good in it and i love my life i love this life that's how i worship our creator and i know that's weird and i should probably lay off all the drugs but anyway that's my third topic so <laughs> i like it well, okay go cool. did jesus said i am the way the truth and the light right right so that is to me, Jesus is a well-lit path. That yeah. He says, here's the path. Follow right. this path. Love this path. Yeah. And you're loving, just like basically what you said. It's just a different interpretation of it. Yeah. Love the way, the path, the well-lit right. path that Jesus has left for us. And that's right. that's loving Jesus in my yeah. way of thinking. Good. Okay. So, so that we agree on that kind of. Yay. Yeah. Hey, one, one out of three, right? <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty good. Any, any other, any other thoughts? Uh, the only question I have is what, are, are we going to have your guest on sometime? Uh, I, I asked her and I had her listen to the podcast. I haven't heard from her since. So I may never okay. hear from her again. <laughs> okay. Because okay. she's a pretty devout Christian. But yeah. She, she I, may listen I, to it. Oh, Probably said, John Luke has lost his way, <laughs> yeah. and it's probably that darn Apostle Duke that's yeah. taken him off course. Yeah. But that is not at all the case. If, well, if anything, it's the other way around, I think. <laughs> well, I keep waiting for Dana to go, you know, I don't think you need to be hanging around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Say, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you're more of an influence on me than I am on you, but we'll, anyway. We'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, I guess that's all I've got for this week. I've, been, it's all I've I got. enjoyed I'm it. It's, it's always, to me, this is always cathartic. To, I don't know what that is. Cathartic. That means you're letting it all out. Oh, yeah. So, like, for instance, a uh, magnesium citrate is called a cathartic because it makes you have diarrhea and poop it all out and cleans oh, out yeah. your colon. Yeah. Well, catharsis is also freeing your mind of oh, all the yeah. things that that are bundled up in there and yeah keeping you from having peace yeah it's to me it's it's a it's a step down the path for me the good path yeah of me peace. too i mean it's it's uh, it's like it's like yeah i love it yeah it's cool i i'm i'm having a good time 
and I'm getting kind of like out there a little bit and you may have to pull me back. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand in the pulpit of the whole church. (laughs) Well, we'll listen to me. I, I have the truth. You can stand in the pulpit of the Gracemont church. Okay. We just have to make it happen at some point. Yeah. Oh, it'll have, whatever's going to happen is happening. Okay. This is Gracemont episode 14. And, uh, Thanks for joining us. This is Apostle John Luke. And after a big swig of coffee. Apostle Duke. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>